Welcome to the Erickson Covenant Church Podcast. We're happy that you would join us for today's teaching. As a church, we're passionate about helping people find and follow Jesus, no matter who they are or where they are from. If you have any questions about Jesus, the church, or the teaching you're hearing today, please don't hesitate to contact us online at ericksoncovenant.ca. And now, let's listen to this week's teaching. Hi. Erickson Covenant Church. My name is Rob Peterson, and it is just a gift to be able to come via this uh, technology to to preach today uh, among you. So, and thanks to uh, Pastor Tom for the invitation. Uh, just really quickly, who am I? Who is Rob Peterson? That, that's a fair question to ask. I I serve on our Canada Covenant staff. I am the part-time associate superintendent. I uh, provide resourcing and care for pastors and leaders and churches that they might find themselves increasingly faithful and fruitful for God uh, in Canada. So right now I, I live in Grand Rapids, but I, I'm a Canadian. I grew up on the West Coast in Surrey. I have served two covenant churches in Canada, Saskatoon and then uh, Hope Community in Strathmore, Alberta, and I find myself at a great a great time of life where I get to come alongside you and others as we try to do the work of Christ uh, wherever we are. So it is a gift for me to be here and to preach. So a little bit about my story. I think every day we find ourselves at crossroads, at an intersection where we have a choice. Do we go left or do we go right? Do we go straight? Do we turn around and go back? We, we encounter these intersections all the time, no matter where we are. And sometimes these choices, these crossroads, you know, they're, they're maybe insignificant, but sometimes they're very significant as we look at life choices. Um, but you can sometimes get lost at an intersection where you're not certain which way to go. Uh, a couple summers ago, I was hiking with my younger son in the Rockies of, of Colorado, and the trail that we were on uh, was was not well-worn. It was a small trail. We were having a great time. It was beautiful. We weren't paying attention, and we missed an intersection. We missed a crossroads. We went one way, and about a about a mile into that direction, we both realized, you know what? I think we're going the wrong way. And when you're hiking and you're exhausted, a two-mile detour is like a pain. Well, we found our way back and finished the hike, made it to the summit, and enjoyed hiking together. But every day we have these crossroad experiences. Like I said earlier, I mean, sometimes they're really serious choices at a crossroad. Like, what are you going to do for a living? What's your vocation? Or which university you're going to go to? Or who might be your life partner? And whatever choice we make is going to set us on a new direction. There is a delightful and I think powerful book in the Old Testament. It's not maybe well known or often read, but it is the book of Deuteronomy. It, in my mind, is really a book about crossroads. It is the story of the people of God as they go from one part of their story, the desert and wilderness, into the promised land. And the book is, is Moses' sermons to the people at a crossroad. 
Are they going to continue to be faithful to God or are they going to go their own way? They, before they go into the promised land, Moses has a few words for them. In fact, here's probably what I think is the central, the central verses of Deuteronomy. It's found in chapter 30. Again, as the backdrop, these are the words of wisdom to a people at intersections, at a crossroads. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you, Moses says to the people, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God and listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land. The book of Deuteronomy then in sort of a big picture are the words of Moses, their leader, to them as they face intersection of choices. Are they going to follow God as they go into the promised land? And so this book, I think, is a book of crossroads. And I want to look at one of the crossroads that they face in chapter 1 and 2 in, in Deuteronomy. And it's the crossroads of fear or trust. Will the people be afraid of the future and all the challenges before them in the new land? Or will they trust? Will people return to the habit of being afraid as they were so often in the desert? Or will they trust that God is enough for them? Fear, and you know this, is an unavoidable part of life. Now, there are smaller fears we face, like the fears of germs, and certainly during COVID, the fear of COVID itself. But there's other fears. You might be afraid of spiders. You might be afraid of snakes. You might be afraid of mice or tests. You might be afraid of strangers or enclosures. You might be afraid of public speaking. You might be afraid of failure or rejection or getting old or the future or hardship or something bad happening to your children. And on and on, we could create this whole list of fears that we face. Fear is real. It was real for the people of Israel crossing into the promised land, as, as I'll tell you in a moment. But fear is also real for me. It's just the way life is. The unknown, the uncertainty of the future. What do, you, what do you fear? I wonder if God might have a word for us. And sometimes our fear paralyzes us. It causes us actually to stop living, to stop acting in a way that's consistent. Our fear gets the most of us. Took our kids... Um, to a park one time and there was a uh, an outcropping of rocks over the water and they had zero fear jumping off this cliff. I don't know, it might have been four or five meters. I wasn't going to miss out and I got to the top of this outcropping into the water and I froze. So I'm not that afraid of heights, but at my age, I got afraid. And finally, my youngest son just kind of kept pushing a little bit and pushing, and finally he just pushed me off the edge and off I went. But fear sometimes can paralyze us. So it's real. So in the opening chapters of Deuteronomy 1 and 2, we get God's word to the people of Israel 
through Moses. So here are the first words of the book of Deuteronomy. These are the words of Moses, or these are the words that Moses spoke to the people as they were about to cross from the wilderness east of the Jordan into the promised land. The book of Deuteronomy literally means these words, or second words, or second law. Many scholars think the book of Deuteronomy is is sort of like a, a second set of laws. It's not really the case. It's more like a summary or a reminder of all of the laws. But Moses takes them and puts them together in sermons to help the people remember all that God had said to them. The book of Deuteronomy, in, the, in these first two chapters, Moses is hoping that the people will remain faithful and loyal to God in, in a new culture, in a changing world. Do you ever feel like our world is changing and rapidly uh, becoming what it wasn't once was? Deuteronomy, I think, is an applicable word to us. So in the opening chapter, we have this address, invitation to be loyal to God, to trust in God's provision, to trust in God's help, and to trust in God's guidance. So these are the words that Moses speaks. And then in verse 8, it says, See, I have given you this land. Go in and take possession of the land. The Lord your God swore he would give to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Go in, God says. It's time. You've been in the wilderness long enough. Go in. But then Moses gets really honest. And as he's thinking about these people that he's been with all these years, he begins to say things like this in verse 9. At that time I said to you, you're too heavy of a burden for me to carry alone. The Lord your God has increased your number so that today you are as numerous as the stars in the sky. May the Lord, the God of your ancestors, increase you a thousand times and bless you as he has promised. But how can I bear your problems and your burdens and your disputes all by myself? Choose some wise and understanding people from among yourself. So Moses, as he thinks about taking the people into the promised land, recognizes that they have sort of a propensity, a a sort of a default not to trust, that there are hard people sometimes to lead. And he names that with God. And then they set up sort of this this system of care where there's identification of of, uh, wise people to hear the problems. And if they have a problem they can't solve, they go to Moses. This is all happening in chapter 1. And then they're about to enter, and we have these verses now. Then, verse 19, chapter 1. Then as the Lord our God commanded us, we set out from Horeb and went toward the hill country of the Amorites through all that vast and dreadful wilderness that you have seen. Then I said to you, we have reached the hill country of the Amorites, and the Lord our God is giving it to us. See, the Lord your God has given you the land. Get up. Take possession of it as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, told you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Moses, as the people are about to enter, gives them this word. Do not be discouraged. Why would he say that? Well, Moses probably knows, and they probably can see, that they're they're going to face challenges that are are almost insurmountable. The future for the people of God is a bit uncertain at this moment. 
For the land, you see, is full of people. And some of those people, they don't want God's people coming into their land. So they're afraid. They set up, they decide to kind of scope the land out first. They send spies. They check it out. Some come back. Uh, in verse 25, they say there's good news. Taking with them some of the fruit of the land, they brought it down to us and reported, it's good land that the Lord God is giving to us. But there's also bad news. The bad news of the spies come back and say, oh my, these people, these people are more than we can imagine. They're numerous. They're aggressive. But still, this word of Moses to them is do not be afraid. At the crossroads, go into the land, trust God, let fear take the back seat, and trust take the front seat. But if we dig a little deeper into verse 26 of chapter 1, which says this, we'll, we'll hear this theme again of this call not to be afraid. But you were unwilling to go up. You rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. You grumbled in your tents and said, The Lord hates us. So he's brought us out of Egypt to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites. Where can we go? Our brothers have made our hearts melt in fear. They say, the people are stronger and taller than we are. The cities are larger. The walls go up to the sky. We even saw the Anakites there, which are <clears throat> very aggressive warriors. Moses is saying, but you are unwilling to go up. Why? Because of their fear. <laughs> They're legitimately afraid. And their failure of nerve is really driven by a few things. One is, they have a tendency to look at the dark side or the negative side. They're grumbling. They're not satisfied. They are, they are, um, they're negative in a sense. Verse 26 and 27 highlight this. They're also afraid. They're afraid of the obstacles of these aggressive people, these large people that they've not encountered before. So they're, they're grumbling. They, they, they're, they're uncertain about their own position in God. They are afraid of the obstacles and the people. Legitimately, yes, they should be afraid. But that keeps them frozen in their fear. And then they have unbelief. They don't really trust in God anymore. In verse 29, we read this. Then I said to you, do not be terrified. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes. They have forgotten what God had done to them in, 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 uh, in Egypt. But, so Moses has to remind them. Their, their unbelief and their fear is related to their forgetting that God in the past had been their help. In verse 31 of chapter 1, God says this. But Moses says there. In Egypt, you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son all the way you went until you reached this place. Moses has to remind them of this parental love that carried them all the way through the, the desert until now they reached this crossroad. But the question is, as it is for them and it is for us, are they going to choose the direction of fear? Are they going to choose the posture of trust. 
The antidote to fear is the habit of a good memory. When we find ourselves at a crossroad as the people did, the way forward is not by our own strength, thank the Lord, but it is by a good memory of recalling all those times as God had carried the Israelites like a parent, recalling all those times that God has carried us, been with us, watched over us. Another way to say this is that Moses described the ways that they had forgotten God's presence and provision and protection and the fact that they had gotten lost in all of the obstacles that were before them. They had gotten afraid because they had lost perspective. The good news of this text in chapter 1 and the good news of God's treatment of the people of Israel is that God's care is trustworthy and there, right there. Moses had to say, God is right here with you. Go in now, go. But they were afraid. At the crossroads, they chose fear and not trust. The good news is that Moses and Caleb and others knew that based on God's faithfulness in the past, God was bigger, was bigger than any obstacle or thing that they would face. In comparison, the faithfulness of God is always larger than anything that we face. And so the key is not never be afraid, That's not true. We will always be afraid at some point in our life about something. If not today, certainly in the near future, we will find ourselves again paralyzed by fear. So the key is not, don't don't do that. No, when we face fear, the key is, is to remember in comparison to the knowledge of God's gentle, loving presence, anything we face is small in comparison. And we can choose to trust. The good news, as you move into as we move into the New Testament now, the good news is that Jesus, at so many of the crossroads of his life, as he had choices to make to go this way or that way, Jesus never chose fear. He always chose trust. His life as a as a carpenter. His life as a leader or teacher, his life as the Savior, his life of confronting temptation and sin was always in the context of this deep abiding sense that he was doing the will of God, that he was living his life in the goodness of the presence of his God with him at every turn. And so Christ, as he lived his life, models for his discipleship, his disciples and for us what it looks like to trust. At one time when Jesus was at a crossroads, this is out of Matthew 4, in the temptation of the wilderness, Jesus says, I'm not going to trust my own strength. I can't trust in bread to feed my, my life. I'm going to trust that God is going to feed me through his word. In the face of temptation and at the crossroads, at that moment, Jesus also said, I'm I'm going to trust God. I am not going to trust in the plans of the evil one. So the good news of the life of Christ, time and time again, models for us 
is that wherever Jesus walked, he invited his disciples to trust him, to be with him. He taught them that no matter what they were confronted with in their life, he was there. That God's presence, faithful presence, past and present was there with them. And he called his disciples to trust. And I believe today he calls us again to trust. To see that, that God, through Christ, would do anything for his people. To help them and to guide them and to save them. Jesus would go to death and back by the power of God to remove even from us the fear of death itself. And if Jesus would go to that extent to remove the fear of death and life without God, Jesus is able, as he promised, to be with us in the lesser fears that we face on a daily basis. His love, his grace, his forgiveness, his presence, his spirit, all that Jesus is and all that he promised is watching over us. Jesus will never ever abandon us even in our fear. Sometimes we wonder if the Christian life is sort of the avoidance of suffering if you follow Jesus, he'll protect you from harm. He'll protect you from bad things. That's not true. Jesus never said that. What he said was that even though you walk through the valley, even though you will face temptation, even though you will face persecution and you will be thrown out of the synagogue, even though people will come and tempt you, to, 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 to worship other gods, I am here with you. I will not leave you alone in your fear. The good news is that in the storms of our life, when we're at the crossroads, when things are challenging, and we wonder which way are we going to turn, to fear and our own resources, or to trust and the resources of Christ and his kingdom, that at those moments, the Spirit is inviting us to trust Jesus. I was in Israel uh, last year with a group from uh, <clears throat> Thornapple Covenant Church. And on one of the, uh, I think the second or third morning, we went out onto the Sea of Galilee. And we had rented a boat and we went out there and we turned the, we turned the engine off and we just drifted. The, the middle of the Sea of Galilee, beautiful, beautiful morning. And I, I, uh, took, I took the gospel of Mark and I turned to the story of, out of Mark 4 about the storms of life. And in that, in that story, the disciples get so distraught. They're full of fear because they're in the middle of a storm, which is legitimate again, right? Like who could blame them? And they say to Jesus, who has fallen asleep, don't you care if we're going to perish? And Jesus looks at them, and then he looks at the storm. He says, don't you have faith? Don't you trust? Don't you trust that 
I am with you even though I am asleep. Don't you believe that I would never let great harm come to you in this moment? And he calms the water. And I asked my friends with me in that boat as after I read that story, I asked them, what fear do you face? And I asked them at that moment, what is Jesus inviting you to do with that fear in this setting on the Sea of Galilee in light of the story of Mark 4? Well, for me, it was an invitation to give Jesus my fear again. My fear, I had many at that moment. It was an invitation to give Jesus all that I was afraid of. So this morning as I close, the good news is that the trustworthy character and presence of our loving, gentle God is with us. Are you at a crossroads of fear? Can you hear the Spirit inviting you to trust? And what fear, maybe, is Christ inviting you to let go? To name and then to let go. The story out of Deuteronomy really, I think, is the story of getting the proportions right. Moses had to preach these sermons in Deuteronomy to help the people remember that their story, their fears, even going into the promised land, were smaller than the faithfulness and the goodness of God who had brought them to that crossroad. And that the future, whatever it would hold, would be all right. And they could trust. Because the proportion, (laughs) their story is a small story. God's story is massive. My prayer for you and for me today is that we will let this truth of the enormity, the the largeness of God's faithful care to us, surround us, and be with us. Here's chapter 2 in Deuteronomy, verse 7. The Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of His hand, your hands. He's reminding them of what God does. He has watched over your journey through this vast wilderness. These 40 years the Lord your God has been with you, and you have not lacked anything. That's good news. What's true for the people of Israel at the crossroads of the promised land is also true for us. May God give us the courage and the insight to choose trust today. Would you join me in that? Let's pray together. God, thank you for this clear, compelling message about living at the crossroads of life. I name with my sisters and brothers in Erickson the complexities of life that sometimes overwhelm us and we do feel afraid. So Holy Spirit, come now at this moment for these people that you love and you know. Draw them on the path of trust again if they're afraid. 
Holy Spirit, do this work, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Nice to be with you. Uh, Someday we'll get to be in person, I hope, once um, the restrictions are lifted. So God's love and grace be yours today. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope today's teaching provided you with life-changing truth and valuable insight. We hope you've learned of some practical steps forward in your spiritual journey, whether you're finding Jesus for the first time or you have been following him for years. Do you know someone who would be encouraged by what you heard today? We invite you to share this podcast so they can be encouraged too. For more information or to ask more questions, you can connect with us through our website, ericksoncovenant.ca. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for the Erickson Covenant Church.